you know, I've said it, and it sounds cliche, but it's just kind of the culmination of spring for us. Um, I just wanted to see some guys have a chance to play in, in front of the fans. What an awesome fan base we have for that many people to show up or early in the spring like this and watch and, and the environment. It's great being back around them. Uh, and I just want to get off the field healthy. Uh, and I think we did that too. So um, we've seen 14 practices, guys doing what they need to do and, and the schemes that that we're running uh, today was just kind of about showcasing some of that to the fans and, and uh, finishing spring ball the right way. Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky, and I'm with Redcast Rob. Hey, everybody. I, I put this out on Twitter earlier, but I just wanted you to know that after this weekend and attending the spring game, getting such a wonderful tour from Tyler Kai, the associate AD, and spending some time with some former players over uh, at an after party from the spring game, I am agreeing to fully commit to the Husker program beginning this fall. I'm super excited. And um, I'm sure that um, our guest tonight has all of my high school stats from 1988 through 1992 on him right now. I'm guessing that's not the case, Rob, and I don't think the Huskers are offering. But but you are correct on, on a great weekend we had here, and we have a wonderful guest, and we're going to get to him in a second. Before we do, a couple of our early promos here. One of them is uh, where our guest is from, Hale Varsity. Uh, you can go to hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code REDCAST, and you can get $10 off subscription there. Uh, next, uh, you might have seen something that we've teased here the last couple of days, a fan forum, and uh, you'll see how we spell four uh, with the four question marks. We're going to start up a, a new spinoff with the REDCAST that's going to be premiering in the new future. Uh, the premise is simple. It's not even really that unique. I or any one of the REDCasters are going to sit down and do one-on-one -on -one interviews with a Husker fan ask them the same four questions and it could be a former player, coach, famous celebrity fan, or just your next door neighbor. So you might be on the red cast at some point doing a fan forum. And uh, last but not least, uh, smack and smooch great sponsors here of the red cast. They are making a lot of the shirts and well, all the shirts and the koozies and everything that we've been wearing here and sporting the last couple of weeks, custom shirts and specialty items, Shane and Laura, give them a call 308-325-2542. So with, with that said, our guest here uh, tonight, we welcome for the first time to the Redcast, Greg Smith, recruiting analyst over at Hill Varsity. Greg writes a daily recruiting notebook column and hosts a, a weekly Hill Varsity podcast on the Herd App Media Network called Straight Up Breakdown, where he gives an honest breakdown of what's happening in the world of sports. You can follow Greg on Twitter at GregSmithHV. Welcome to the Redcast. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And I just have to say off the top, Rob, I'm sure your high school stats were amazing. Um, and, and I'm sure all of the fans would be lovely, would be very happy to have you as a potential five star. Well, they'd be non existent. And, you know, <laughs> but the five star part is right. Okay. So you told you. Told you. <laughs> well, Greg, like we like to do every week, I'm going to start off with a, a tweets of the week. And uh, this one, we have a couple to do with the last week. And this one is, I want to first just ask you about this one. This is really cool. Something I saw from the Nebraska business uh, and read the article there. And it just talked about your journey coming into uh, Hale Varsity and, and doing what you're doing. I just think it's a really neat one. So if you would just give us a couple, you know, tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So first of all, thank you for the kind words. Um, yeah. So essentially it was a really cool honor um, to have the college that I graduated from the college of business kind of feature me um, in an alumni feature that they had going, just kind of talking to me about kind of my career and how I ended up uh, in this spot as I, I did not initially, I did not go to school. Obviously if I graduated from the college of business, I did not go to school uh, for journalism or broadcasting or anything like that. I was a marketing major through college um, and just kind of found my way into to sports just by liking it and kind of being talking to people on social media um, and then getting into blogs and whatnot. Um, and so it's been a, a weird career and journey to get to this point. I've been doing it for years now, uh, but was not the initial intended path. And I think the purpose of that article was just to show students that you, you sometimes fall into things that you didn't necessarily go to school for. And that's OK. It's perfectly fine. It happens to a lot of people. Yeah, well, there was a great quote in it you had uh, where you said, it's important to talk to college prospects about more than football. It can be helpful helpful for them to understand that playing football is just one part of their direction. The academic piece is worth looking into it as well. I mean, it, it, that is something we forget sometimes, especially with NIL and all the things yep. going on. These are still student athletes. They're still getting an education. And for the most part, most kids aren't going to go on to do professional sports. So right. whatever that, you know, the academic, you know, the, the education is so important to all of us because that's the thing that's going to open the doors, you know, for whatever that we do in our lives and our careers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's something that it gets kids talking about something other than football, right? I think that mm -hmm. it's a good way to remember that these are well-rounded kids that have other interests as well. Like we like to talk about the football part, of course, right? And that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of other things going on as well. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the football part and Redcasters watching live here on on our Facebook and Twitter and, and YouTube, especially Facebook and, and YouTube. Apparently Twitter, you can't send us questions directly through this program that we have. So keep watching if you're watching on Twitter, but on the other two, send in your questions, uh, especially your recruiting questions here. Cause that's what we're going to get into. And uh, what we just did this last week in spring game, 55,000 people show up. Uh, it's funny only in Nebraska. will some people complain what 55,000 means? I mean, come on. When we talked to Tyler guy last Friday, he was giving us that tour that Rob talked about. And, you know, he came from – he's worked at Tennessee, and you know, a big SEC school, 100,000-plus-seat stadium. And he was like, it was twenty to 30,000 people would maybe show up at a spring game there. He worked at Tulane. He said it was just pretty much parents showed up. I've seen some spring games at other Big Ten schools. I mean, they – 55,000. I mean, Greg, put that into perspective, I guess, for the Redcasters listening. What does that look like to a recruit when they walk into that stadium? Oh, it's a it's a huge deal to recruits and almost to the point to where they all mention it. And I sometimes wonder, like, did they all get together and talk about this? Um, like, how does this like consistently come up from every recruit? But it really does. Um, and we talk to kids that especially have been to, like you mentioned, some of those other places around the country and seen kind of what those spring games are like or even what actual game days are like. And then they mm -hmm. come to Nebraska. Um, you'd be amazed at the amount of people that say, man, I went to, you know, school X down south and it wasn't sold out for their actual game. And I went to, you know, Nebraska spring game and they had 55,000 people out there, you know, for a scrimmage. I think it, it has a really big impact. And I think that sometimes like it's easy to take for granted, like the fan support that is here in place at Nebraska, um, because you just kind of grew up with it. Right. Like it, it was just always like this but so you take a step back and realize that not only do schools not have you know that type of um fan support for spring games it's also in season as well so mm -hmm. i think it's always a big impact to recruits to be able to see that mm -hmm. well some of those recruits here and i i just grabbed these uh tweets here from last week 
there was more than just this, but this was some of the 2023s that were there. And maybe we'll start with that. Let's go just kind of give an overview. I know we're not going to have time to go through every single kid, but, but Greg, it was a big recruiting weekend uh, for the, uh, for the staff. Was it mainly 2023? Was it 2024 and 25? Was it transfer portal or or kind of a combination of, of all that? Um, It was a combination of everything, but I was, I was a little surprised at how focused it was on the 2023 class. It's the current class that we're in. So that sounds weird to say, Um, (laughs) but typically what ends up happening at these spring games is that you already have a lot of the board set for Nebraska. And so they're, they're bringing in guys for like the second and third time that are in the current class. And then they're really focusing on those future classes to be able to get guys exposure um, to the Nebraska fan base. And then, also to campus and to the city because as much as people hate to hear it and I can hear the moans and groans now um, kids consistently say I thought the Nebraska was just cornfields or actually mm-hmm. Trey, the four-star defensive lineman Trey Wilson actually I did a video with him the other day um, he legitimately said I thought that it was going to be like a couple miles in between houses um, when I got to Lincoln <laughs> like it happens like that is just the mm-hmm. stereotype of what it's like in Lincoln so anytime that you can combat that as, as Nebraska and get these kids on campus whether it's in the current class or in future classes so that you can continue to then bring them back um, is a good thing but no I overall it was pretty balanced maybe even a little bit more leaning towards future classes but there was a lot of star power um, in that 2023 20, group like you put up on the screen um, there were a lot of different four stars I think Nebraska had as many four stars visiting um, this past weekend for the class of 23 then they had the entire season uh, for 2022 like during the regular season um, and, and so it was a really big deal for what they were able to do then i think a lot of that is due in part to one they needed to reset the board right when you have four Mm -hmm. new assistant coaches um that are coming in on the offensive side of the ball and then you have bill bush transitioning into a full-time role there's going to be a whole lot of new ideas and new prospects um that that these coaches want to get on campus and i think that was reflected in kind of where these guys came from as well as you saw georgia represented florida of course um missouri was also represented there was a little bit of a shift towards texas and illinois as as well um there were there were prospects from all over the country mm-hmm. this is a photo here of Oshan and a photo you took there of him he was obviously one of the big time recruits that we had there and he's a transfer portal one so he mm-hmm. is an immediate player 2022 if we can get him here and it, you know as you look here Trev Alberts is talking with him I mean they really put on the full court press with him uh how important is he to this and, and who were some of the, the real big name ones that were in on the weekend? Yeah. So, so Oshan is, is who I probably should have started with. Um, and all of this, <laughs> you get so many questions on this. I put out a, a call for recruiting questions earlier today and le- every single question was about Oshan Mathis. Um, and so, and it was reflected in what we saw on Saturday. Like, I'm not sure I've ever seen like so much attention be paid to one recruit. Um, whether it was, you know, the fact that he had his, basically his own personal attendant from Nebraska staff out there with him and his family at midfield mm-hmm. um, the whole time during pregame. You saw a number of coaches and players come up to him. You saw the picture with Trev Alberts uh, coming to speak to him. Jason Peter came and talked to him. Like there was just never a time where he was really alone and it seemed that he was really enjoying things. You saw the pictures on social media. I know everybody saw Scott Frost in that photo. To my knowledge, that was the first time that Scott Frost has appeared in one of those photos. Like that just does, that never happens. Like I, I was kind of stunned, um, mm-hmm. but that also goes to show you just how important he was to 
for the weekend. The other recruit, though, that got almost as much attention um, was, oh, of course, Dylan Rayola, the 2024 five-star quarterback, um, who at one point I looked over and someone was handing him a baby to take a picture with. Like, <laughs> and, and things get weird in recruiting, right? Like, it just kind of goes a little sideways, but it's it's all fun. Um, mm -hmm. He was definitely a big deal. Um, it's always huge to get him on campus considering he could be the number one overall prospect in the 2024 class. Forget the number one quarterback. He could be the top player in the entire country for that for that class. Um, so to continue to get him back on Nebraska's campus is a huge deal. We know about the family ties um, with his uncle Donovan coaching on the offense, coaching the offensive line now. Um, Dominic, his father, was back in town as well and down there on the field taking in the scene as well. Um, those were, were probably the two big ones. Um, but there was another one I want to highlight just because I stood next to him and he was so huge. Um, the, the Bo Hughley, who is oh, a the, four, is a four star Georgia? Georgia guy. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. a four star offensive lineman from Georgia. He's actually committed to Georgia right now. And I'm walking down the sideline taking those pictures that, that you just put up, as I always do every week. And I, I'm, I literally look up and I see this kid and he's just a mountain. Uh, like, I'm a, I want to say a man, but he's not. He's like 16 years old um, and he's just huge. Like, when you see kids that are like these big time offensive linemen, like that's exactly what he looked like out of central casting for that. Um, mm -hmm. He was on campus. Um, there was a kid that is a three-star Louisville commit, um, Adonja Green, uh, who is also from Georgia. He's a Louisville commit right now. Um, he definitely looked the part as well down there. Um, Joshua Manning, the four-star wide receiver out of Lee Summit, Missouri, was also back on campus for, I believe, the fourth time. Um, mm -hmm. He's a really high-value target for Nebraska, and Mickey Joseph is working hard to get him. But there were just a number of guys that, that were here. Kyle, Kyan Green or Kyan Lee, um, a four-star defensive back, also from Georgia, a surprise, uh, who was a former Georgia commit. He was on campus this weekend as well. Um, Nebraska did a really nice job of getting all these guys here and, and really getting to show them what uh, the spring game can be as a showcase to then get them excited to come back um, either for official visits over the summer or get them back for an actual game day in the fall. Mm -hmm. And a number of these guys, you've you've had uh, video conversations with them. You can find them on YouTube, right, at yeah. the Hale Varsity site. Um, you had a great slideshow of all the photos that on the article I read there on HaleVarsity.com as well. Um, yeah, just uh, what a full weekend. And really, it was across the board with the, the number of players there. It was quarterbacks and linemen and both sides mm -hmm. of the ball and, and, and just every position group be, being affected in one way or the another. Here is what the recruiting class right now currently still sits at. We're at five players. Um, and Redcasters, you're familiar with this screen here. And I actually need to update this because I was talking with Greg right beforehand. Um, for 2023, the in-state recruiting, we now have a sixth in-state recruit that was offered. Brock Knudsen from uh, uh, Scotts Bluff was at the spring game and he was offered, correct? Yes, that is correct. It was, he was offered at the spring game right before he went out to Kansas City for the Under Armour camp. Excuse me. I don't know if you saw, there was some clips floating around on Twitter um, of him actually pancaking a kid in a drill. Um, so it's good to get the offer from the, from the mm -hmm. in-state school and then go out and pancake some kids uh, oh, the next day it. out in Kansas City. Well, I love it. And and I really appreciate a, a Scott's Bluff kid. I mean, we obviously Garrett Nelson mm -hmm. is from out there, but I love the fact that it really spans the length of the state that you got to recruit the, the inner borders of this state as well as any other state in the country. And that means that we're offering kids from Omaha to Scott's Bluff and in between. How about the one big one here, the four star that isn't 
uh, committed yet here, but uh, has the offer. Malachi Coleman, uh, where was he at this last weekend, and, and where do you think he's standing? So I, I believe he was in Oregon. He was either in Oregon this last past weekend, or he was just there, uh, but he was not at the spring game. Um, okay. But he was on campus a couple of times during the spring, so it's not as if you know he hadn't been back to Lincoln here recently. Uh, but his, his the latest on his recruitment is, is it continues to take off. I think over this last month, Oregon, Washington, Iowa, and I believe Texas Tech have all offered him um, within the last 30 days. Um, mm-hmm. He continues to take off, and, and it's it's for a couple of different reasons. One, he's a great kid. Like, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, read an interview with him, or see him on video, like, he is just a great kid, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost. And so I think that that um, really attracts colleges to him. But he's also a super player and a great athlete, right? And you can see that by the fact that colleges project him to play so many different positions. Like, Nebraska is recruiting yeah. him as a wide receiver. There are some that like him at tight end or something like him at defensive end something like him at outside linebacker um mm-hmm. i joke with him that you know maybe somebody wants him as a kicker or a punter as well uh <laughs> might be a waste of his talents though that vertical wouldn't play as well um as a punter but you know he's a multi-talented kid that that is really still continuing to take off and it's been a really neat story because it, it was really kind of a nice local story here last year you know during his junior year when you started to see him get more offers nebraska was one of the first schools and the kansas state came in minnesota and then he kind of hit the camp circuit right and that's when Georgia kind of jumped in and Oregon jumped in and you saw some of these other like really big programs come after him Uh, but that's great for him it's also great exposure for kids here in Lincoln because when some of those coaches start to show up in the fall there's a trickle down effect there because they get to see teammates they get to see that his opponents as well Um, so that's great for everybody. Rob uh, how are we looking right now on some questions or comments? Well, the only comments that I have is is it's it's Ken. He's a big big fan of the show. Um, first, he said, "Wow, first we got to tailgate with them on Saturday, and now we have Greg Smith on, so we're big time." And then he asked a question, and he wants to know what percentage would you put Nebraska's chances are at for getting Mathis? So, oh. not to talk about Mathis too much here, but apparently that's what our fans want to know. So, I I, am pre- yeah. I was prepared for that. I feel like that is. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you that that is the thing that people want to know right now. Um, Oshawn Mathis, the Oshawn Mathis watch is on. Um, I would say if I had to put a percentage on it, um, and don't hold me to this, I would say. 40% right now. And that's probably mm. trending up um, after this past weekend, because it's just going to be hard to not be impressed by the full court press that Nebraska put on him and his family over the weekend, right? Like with the amount of attention that they got uh, from Nebraska staff. And, and I know that they try to demonstrate clearly that there is a need for him and he plays a position of need. It is something that has eluded Nebraska now for years. Um, you mentioned Garrett Nelson before um, he's developed into a really nice player. They could use more guys like that. That's mm get after the quarterback the more of those you have the better um, but I will put it at 40 pending some changes depending on where else he visits um, we'll have to see kind of what goes with that but he did announce earlier today on Twitter that he wants to Mathis wants to make an announcement and a decision by the end of this month I think that'll kind of coincide with TCU's graduation because that's why he hasn't transferred somewhere already um, as he's waiting to graduate from TCU um, and then he'll be off to his next school you know before you know so, like uh, fall camp begins mm-hmm. I was gonna. I was actually gonna gonna say, yeah, that makes sense because graduations end April, you know, beginning of May for most colleges. So it would make sense that he that he does that too, just because I'm sure that they're still paying his way over there at TCU. So right, yeah, <laughs> doesn't want to make doesn't want to upset too many people. He's still got to go and look people in the eye every day, right? But right. I mean, now now did we hear it right last week? 
did that was like did ABM actually were they sending people down there prior to him even coming down here just to start talking NIL? I mean, how much of a role does NIL start to play, obviously, in these big-time recruits, and how is that changing the game of the recruiting now? Yeah, so from what I've heard, ABM did have a representative go down to Texas to meet with him to kind of prime him on his options for NIL should he come to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That part, to be totally honest, that was kind of new information because I, I don't think many of us realize that these companies could go down and essentially make pitches to guys ahead of time mm-hmm. um, before they even came to campus for, for visits. So that was really interesting just to see that kind of happen. But it also highlights a bigger point, which is this whole world of NIL is so new and changing and evolving at all times. Like, I don't think many people have a great grasp of what's happening with this. Um, I think that ends up kind of playing to the advantage of schools and players for wanting to get more money, though, because with, while mm-hmm. things are a little bit vague, you can find your ways around things and find ways to get things done. Um, and we'd be naive to think that they weren't, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it was happening before, it's definitely happening now um, w- when it comes to NIL. Now, I do think that it plays a big role though and it kind of there's a sliding scale though depending on the prospect i think with transfer guys you're going to see it talked to see and hear it talked about a lot more just because those guys are a little bit more seasoned they've been through the game as far as you know college football and they know what's happening and they've seen the landscape change right and so whereas a high school player um is still a lot more un- unsure about how nil is going to even be effective for him uh going into college football right mm-hmm. um but it is definitely part of the pitch and it, it now it, i would say last year in talking to prospects it it came up some now almost every time i talk to a prospect nil comes up like yeah. I, I think that it's, it's a really hot topic right now uh amongst prospects and i think that for in for a positive for nebraska as well though it, it, like it gets out there the thing about casey thompson saying you know you can make six mm-hmm. figures as a starter here in nebraska you start to hear the whispers about the different deals that he and other players have like that definitely the word gets out there um to these prospects um so that ends up being good marketing for the program as well you know, something else, too, in the hockey, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm interrupting you here. No, go for it. Something that, that uh, Matt and I were discussing uh, with a buddy of ours is we were walking around the stadium before our tour on Friday, and um, I had brought up that I had read a couple articles on um, basically schools being able to play payers, players for performance in the academic mm-hmm. areas, right? And I had said, well, they had listed there was about 25 schools or 30 schools or so that had been listed that were paying the players to do that. But Nebraska wasn't one of them. Right. That was on Friday. Today, uh, Parker Gabriel, I think, um, over at Journal Star, uh, wrote an article talking about the uh, media deal that they had. But then part of his article was also that Nebraska has announced now that they're going to be paying these kids. It's just amounts of like, I think it's like $5,980 mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But then they can also put in other parts, I think, in there where if a player wins an award, like a league award or something like along those lines that they can, you know, like um, first team All-American or one of those that they can also incentivize that. So it's a kind of an interesting dynamic that now the schools can be involved with that sort of thing too. And Nebraska is only one of like, you know, 30 some odd schools that are actually doing that. At this point. Yeah, it was really, it's wild. First of all, they announced that right before kickoff 
of the spring game. <laughs> and that's why people didn't know. Um, so don't feel bad that you just saw that. Uh, well, I, well, I knew. That's why I was yeah, talking like, about it. I said, right, it. I said don't be surprised thing. if they're if they doing this. Soon, yeah, see, right? you, uh, you were clairvoyant on that when you saw yeah. it. Um, but it, yeah, it was, it was just weird timing that they announced it. And then Trev Alberts did speak about that at halftime up in the press box um, as well. Um, so he gave some comments on it, too, about Nebraska wanting to make sure that they stayed on the forefront of those types of things, which is extremely smart. Like, I, I would say that that is a really smart thing. Thing. Um, and I did see the thing about where there was like 25, 30 schools that were going to participate in that because that academic program is voluntary. Like school, you don't have to do that. But you for two things. One, you've got to have the money uh, to be able to do it. And it won't surprise you, though, to find out that I think half of like half of those schools that were initially doing it. Are, we're in the SEC. So mm. it ends up being a thing where, you know, basically it's kind of the rich get richer um, and want to continue to find ways to funnel money to the players. Hey, it's in the rules. Um, go mm. ahead and do it. But I do like the fact that they tried to tie academics into it in some way, shape or form. I think that it's not it can't be tied directly to GPAs, though, because there's some legality um, issues there. Uh, but they are trying to find different ways. But if you think about it, you know, you mentioned the, the fifty nine hundred dollar um, um, stipend there for that if you get that and you get another smaller nil deal and you also already get your scholarship stipend like you could start to mm -hmm. put together a nice little honey pot of money especially for a college kid that also you know in some cases has free housing depending on if they're staying on campus or not um but then also has the education as well like that you can start to put together a nice package even for guys that aren't star players or star level players like a casey thompson is Mm -hmm. And and you said, you know, it's important to note this, Redcasters, that it's in the rules now. And this is the crazy thing. It sounds, I, I feel dirty talking about it sometimes, <laughs> but a couple things. Yeah, because the old school in me comes out and it's like, ah, oh, you know, the, all this change. But this is nothing new either. I mean, we can go back to SMUs of the 1980s and, oh, and guys working at, yeah, guys working at car lots and, and making crazy amounts of money in 1988, right? I mean, the, the money's always been there. Now it's just, it's literally out in front. People know about it and it is legal. It's also important to note right now that NIL doesn't go through schools. NIL is yeah. exterior to schools. Now, that doesn't mean that that athletic departments, and we've heard this from multiple people that have been on this show, that, that, um, that Trev is, you know, preparing for a day where it could be brought in. Now that could be three or four years down the road and there's no guarantee yet, but at least it's something that you prepare for because um, things are changing so fast. It's just, it's crazy. Me, you, you talked about Greg a year ago, you're talking to players and they weren't bringing it up as much as they do now. And it's like a year ago, it didn't exist yet. And now right. we're writing the rules kind of as we go along. This is the first, the first spring that we've ever, you know, had a, a an NIL company sending out people to go and talk to a recruit before they even come here. And there's nothing against, there's nothing wrong with it. It just, I, I guess you do this professionally. Do you ever just take a moment and sit back and go, what in the heck is going on here? Or like, how, you know, how do you keep up with everything? Oh boy, all the time. Um, I think that like the, the <laughs> nets were just very that's a, for a multitude of reasons. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a lot. Um, and it, the changes are have been swift, and it's of course because it's dealing with the NCAA. Um, it is not always the clearest. Um, what is what the rules are? The rules are sometimes different um, state to state. Like it mm -hmm. is, ju it just becomes it's really difficult. And and something that will always stick with me is last summer. Um, I was with the thing with the the Warren Academy with former. 
Husker Steve Warren, where they had mm-hmm. a guy uh, from Open Doors come in and talk to parents about NIL, right? It was really ramping up um, that summer, and people were really starting to just have a lot of questions about it. And it was just murky about how it was going. And you should have seen the, the parents were so confused about what it was. <laughs> and that always sticks with me, though, because I'm like, well, if the parents are this confused, what do the athletes think? Right. Like, and so it just always, and so there's always this change. Um, you just have to stay on top of it the best you can. Um, but yeah, the, the days of, of old school college football are over. Um, I would be curious to see if they ever do decide to bring NIL in house where schools can have direct um, ties to what's happening. I, I wonder how much that actually would change um, just because it's always, it's interesting to me that, these companies and these collectives that are starting to build up and it's not just at Nebraska, it's all over mm-hmm. the place, right? You saw, I saw another one, Alabama um, announced that they had a collective going today. And then if you Alabama? don't know what a collective is, no yeah, way. I mean, no way, right? If you don't know <laughs> what that is, um, it, it's essentially where a group of companies can pool their money together into the collective and the collective can then disperse those funds on behalf of those other companies. Um, and, and so it makes it easier to then pitch those prospects because you don't say, hey, when you come here, you're going to have a hundred thousand dollar deal um from restaurant x we already have that money in the pot for you like it just kind of cuts that one step out which makes it a lot easier um Mm. but you're just going to continue to see more and more of that um as schools really lean into the nil world and when when you say state to state too one of the things that we heard from from a friend of ours was um he basically like in Florida, right? I think is one state where obviously, cause there's no rules in Florida anyway. I mean, it's, hey, it's, it's just, Florida. it doesn't matter what, what, what path in life you're on in Florida. There's no rules. Um, I think they can actually endorse a, a specific, um, you know, collective, right? Like, Oh, that's Florida. it. That no, that they can, that, or yeah, that, that they're they allowed can, to do just that. They're one. allowed. Yeah. They're allowed to endorse like one. And so they say, here's the collective. We work. That was with Tyler. Everyone. That was Tyler. That I know I was actually. trying not to name drop. And then, um, <laughs> okay. and we've then, already uh, named him. Well, that's true. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but when, but he said, obviously in Nebraska, that's not allowed. Right. So right. that's, that's the state to state part. I was just trying mm-hmm. to clarify that for our listeners too, because like some States like that. Now, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama, you could, you know, say which collective you're working with mm-hmm. as well. You know, I, and I would, I would guess that a lot of the SEC schools probably, you know, in state probably could do that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some legislation come through in Nebraska where they're like, you know, I go right ahead and well, do that. You know, but, I, I'd write it if I could. I mean, if yeah, right. Anything, anything but, to legally help the program, I, don't, right, I have no yeah. problem with. Well, I'm just glad that Alabama is able to do this because it's good that they can finally catch a break. So. Finally, yeah, I'm break you're there. happy for them to be able to land a player or two, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, because those guys, man, they've been struggling. You know, <laughs> just down on their luck. I heard, I heard last week they had to settle for a four star guy. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. It is too bad for the you know of the program. It does bring up the, the the point too about you know we asked the question. I think when we had Sipple on, I asked him, you know, how would some former Husker coaches do in today's world in in the world of NIL and transfer mm-hmm. portal? And I just you know I, it was kind of funny. I threw out Bo, and he goes, "Oh, that'd be a disaster." But then and then he was he took it back a little bit. But then I asked um I asked him Osborne, and he gave kind of the cliche answer, but it was the right answer the great coaches adapt to whatever the rules of the time are, and they would find a way to make it work. Nick Saban is, if not the greatest of all time, certainly one of, and probably is. And look at what, you know, he, he will take the rules of today, which were different than 25 years ago when he coached, and he will just be the best coach at NIL and he'll be the best coach at the transfer portal, right? I mean, that's just the way it is now. Well, if you think about it, like when there's a few things that, to give us an example of that with Saban specifically. Remember, he railed against the proliferation of spread offense 
Mm-hmm. And then he adopted the spread offense and won championships. He came out against the transfer portal, and then he's been great. Um, he had an All-American wide receiver last year, Jamison Williams, that he got out of the transfer portal. He did yep. the same thing with NIL. And it was funny because I remember when I saw it on Twitter that he was kind of against NIL and was saying, be careful what you wish for. People were saying that's really just a warning shot that, hey, if we're going to be able to do this, we're going to do it better than anybody. So mm-hmm. be careful what you wish for. And then lo and behold, we look up and we see that Bryce Young might have a seven-figure nil deal like it, mm. he definitely lets you know ahead of time but yeah well, the great coaches adjust like that's, well, that's what's going to happen yeah and the great programs adjust and it's one of those things in husker nation redcast nation get behind all this stuff don't don't fight it is that nebraska has always been successful not because of our great population and and the mountains and the oceans that are next to us we're on the forefront whether it was weight training and, and strength and conditioning 35 years ago or the first time having, you know, Husker vision screens in, in a stadium, you know, from a, from a technology standpoint today, it's NIL and it's, it's portal. And, and those are brand new things. I know just from the last couple of years, but those are the things that if you can be great at that, that is going to assist your program right now. And so I think it's just really important from, from a fan base, from the, obviously the program itself, you mentioned open doors, having former Huskers like Adi Kunlik and Blake Lawrence helping leading that, uh, you know, having huddle it right downtown. I mean, every advantage you can possibly do. Look at what Oregon's done over the years with Nike. Didn't hurt them, you know? And and so you take every advantage you can, especially when you are that state with the 2 million people right in the middle of the, of the country. One of the things that's been, you know, we've talked a lot about NIL here. Let's talk a little transfer portal because that's going to affect our last, one of our last topics here, which is roster management. Where are we at with the roster? And the transfer portal plays a big role going in and out with that. Um, we were talking beforehand. I don't know the exact numbers. And I'm not even sure how important it is for me to know right now, but I had 89 players. You thought maybe 88 or 89 on our current roster. Can you kind of give the Redcasters some glimpse of like, what's the next couple of weeks look like? Where, where are some target dates of where we need to be at 85 and, and what's kind of start to lay out the next few months uh, leading up to fall camp? Yeah, so essentially where we are now with with spring ball just ending, you're going to start to have a lot of exit interviews um, essentially with players and coaches, right? So players, most all players will sit down with Scott Frost just to kind of talk about where they are in the program, you know, how their spring went, um, what the future holds for them. Out of those conversations is when you start to see guys enter the transfer portal. And mm-hmm. the reason the reason why I would not worry at all about them being at whether it's 88 or 89 scholarships right now. And I think they're, mm-hmm. it's either it's one of the two, including both Xavier Betts still and I think DeAndre Jackson, um, the transfer from Texas A&M, who was verbally committed mm-hmm. um, as well. And we'll see if he makes it um, here later this summer with the running back situation. Um, but you're going to have more than three or four guys leave the program between now and when fall camp starts you have to be at the 85 for big 10 rules in august um and i and you essentially if if you're uh, a husker fan listening to this hoping that oshawn mathis joins the program you need to be at 84 um so that you have that scholarship available um that, that would then bring you back to that 85 so you would hope to be at 85 including mathis right um I, I don't see any issue with Nebraska being able to get to that. Like I said, I think that they'll have uh, more departures. Um, and really the, the way that you know that is because when we talked, the word of spring football was competition, right? Um, mm-hmm. The competition, working out 
the kinks, um, newness, like those were the words. Um, and because you have so much competition, there are going to be hurt feelings and guys that feel like they should go on um, to get bigger opportunities or more opportunities at other schools. Um, you also still have kind of the looming thing about that 2021 class where you had so many guys come in that never got a chance to visit um, Nebraska, mm. that coaches didn't really get to go out and see and evaluate in person um, during their senior season. So you, you could have some adjustments there with that class too. Um, and you've already seen a few from that class leave. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think they'll be totally fine with getting to that 85. Um, and that number is important still, uh, but not nearly as important as it, as it has been in years past. You know, you have, a, I mentioned earlier the, the YouTube, the video series, you have a couple of different ones there and one of the recruiting question of the week and yet a really uh, good one. I thought March 29th, how to encourage players to leave the program. And, it was a question brought into you and, and, and you and uh, Steve Merrick, I think uh, were the ones responding to that. And one point you said it is okay to cut players today, especially with the transfer portal and all the player player movement going on today. But again, that's, that's one of those things that's different from Mm -hmm. five or 10 years ago, but essentially, I mean, that's having to happen now too. I mean, players essentially are, whether they're being persuaded to leave or cut in some cases that that has to almost happen now to get your numbers right. Yeah, it does. And, it, and it's interesting because it 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 still kind of sucks to say and it feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying earlier, it feels weird to talk about the money aspect of it. It feels really weird to talk about a guy basically being encouraged to leave the program. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing that I always note that really helps this is that you don't put a kid in as bad of a position anymore when they have to leave because they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to sit out when they go to another school, right? Because there's so much more freedom of movement for players and because players are, are very savvy about that as well now and they know that they can leave, um, I just don't think that the same hurt feelings are there as, as once were. Um, and I think because college football like is such a tight-knit community and coaching circles are so tight-knit you end up in a situation where if a guy leaves a program the as long as it's not under some crazy circumstance um i should put that caveat on there um (laughs) the coach that he's leaving may even help him find a landing spot like you see that Mm -hmm. as well because he knows coaches at either a lower level or at another institution that you're not going to play um, in your upcoming season um it can help you find a landing spot um and that goes vice versa that goes with you know when a player comes in the portal and nebraska wants to get a guy um i think defensive coordinator eric janander was talking about this as soon as one of his guys goes in the portal he's got buddies and coaching that are calling him and vice versa for when they have a guy go in he calls that coach and kind of gets the 411 on him to figure out if that's worth pursuing so it's just a lot more it sounds weird but it's a lot more transactional now um but it also ultimately benefits both sides because you just don't have those same hurt feelings anymore so what you're saying is that college sports is becoming more and more like pro sports in that way well, you hear it if you you heard those interviews with coaches this this spring, right? How many times this spring did like Mickey Joseph reference like we try to get the NFL mentality or Travis Fisher say it the same way? Mickey Joseph flat out said though I tell guys that they're playing for roster spots. Like you just have not really seen guys be that blunt about like what's happening in terms of roster management. Oh yeah, I, here I mean here's a video clip we have of Joseph saying that. Well. You- you hate to say this, but this is the way the NCAA's got it right now. With this transfer portal, you got to treat this like free agency. So Casey's no, no, no different than Ryan or Deshaun Watson going into the new camp. You're the guy. You're getting here, but you're the guy. This, 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 this college football landscape has changed. This is, this is considered, with the transfer portal, this is considered to me free agency. 
And I mean, that's the way you got to play the game. If you don't play the game like that, you're not going to catch up to, to those schools that's already out in front of it. I mean, Greg, that's tr transfer portal is free agency. Rob, you saying that college is like NFL. That's I mean, I've been saying Joseph's it. I've been saying, saying it like since it. since the transfer portal started, right? And on the show, probably going back like a year, maybe since I've been doing the show with you guys, is that I feel like that's how the transfer portal is going to be. You're going to have to start planning your rosters based off of X amount of scholarships for mm -hmm. transfer players. There's there's no way around it. I I, I not going to say that like I called it because I'm sure that these guys were thinking. No, that you long called ago. it. Feel but, feel free to say it, Rob. I mean, you, you pat yourself on the back, man. Yeah, I, I will. I will. But, but I mean, I was saying it before and I think, and I had that discussion with Dave, I, I kind of remember the show was on, but we talked about that and I was just saying, it's going to be like free agency, especially with the NIL. You know, I mean, some sure. of these guys are going to be going to schools. They're going to realize I'm way better than this school. Right. Like, and, and I hate to say it like that, but, but they're going to go, I can go somewhere where I can actually make some money. And that's what mm -hmm. they're going to want to do. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that this young man, Mathis is, is trying to do that, but he, be silly if he wasn't right i mean if if i had well, an opportunity to take it, a job it, that was paying me six figures you know from going someplace where i where they weren't i'm gonna well, rob it. and think of it this way too for any again i i'm, I'm overstating that those fans that don't like all these changes but if you were one of those people that like it old school just remember that some of these changes that the lack of regulation within the NCA allowed this stuff to be created. If, if you don't yeah. like a player leaving to, to go make more money, then I don't know how you could like the coaches over the last 10 and 15 and 20 years that would leave from one place to the next. I mean, look at Brian Kelly, look at, I mean, guys just leaving for, you know, leaving their players that they just recruited. Um, I remember when I, reading about Osborne in 78, the only time he ever, ever um, interviewed at another school, Colorado. And he just and he would have been offered, I think, double or triple his salary. And he just couldn't do it to his players. He couldn't do it to the guys that he recruited. He couldn't leave them. And then you've seen some of the coaches over the last 10 and 20 years leaving, you know, schools for another school and just making, you know, a gazillion dollars on it. Or the coaches that, you know, like you said, Greg, guys can now leave and at least they have options. You're not even if you're cutting them, at least you have an option. How about before all this transfer portal players that if they wanted to transfer coaches could tell them could literally block them from going to certain schools and block them really, man, you're taking away a kid's chance and opportunity too. I mean, so some of these things are just a byproduct of all that, but um, it is what it is now. And, and again, it's, you either be good at what the rules are today or you're going to lose players and, and, and it's going to well, hurt you in recruiting. And if you, and if you're a fan and you don't like it, if you're an alumni of the school and you don't like it because you feel like we're not making enough of an effort to recruit these players or anything like that, you can probably figure out a way to donate to the school. You could probably figure out a way to donate oh. to one of those, one of those collectives if you wanted to, sure. because at this point now fans don't have a right to com complain when, when schools aren't getting these players, put your money where your mouth is. If you're not happy with the way it's happening, put your money where the mouth is or shut up because it's, that's what's going to happen. All right. That's I, and I, and I not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. I mean, either put your money where your mouth is or shut up because this is the way the NCAA is going to be ran from now on. And it's the way that it's like Mickey Joseph said, it's the way that the elite schools that are those teams that you see in the college football playoff, I guarantee you are doing all of this and more. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're, you're, you're going to have, yeah, I try to slide that in there. Um, and Alabama. Yeah. So you're Georgia. So you're just going to have to go ahead and figure out a way to make it work. Like it just, if you want Nebraska to be on that level again, it is not going to happen just by hoping and wishing. Um, they're going to have to play the game uh, the same way that those other schools do. That's, Yep. 
How about the last question before we, yeah, geez, 45 minutes. I, I, I'm always like, you know, this will be a 20, 25 minute discussion. <laughs> and then, you know, we're 45 minutes in and, uh, but I asked you this question or, you know, on our list earlier and just kind of give us maybe some of the importance of what Vince Ginta, is it Ginta or Gunta? How do you say his last name? I'm terrible with names. Man, I say it Gunta and I, I met him and he said it and I forgot. Um, and so, it, yeah, I say Gunta. So we'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, I, apologies I still say, if we are all butchering that. Yeah, I still say Prochaska and I have to catch myself. It's Prochaska. I'm just, I'm horrible with names. Yeah, that but... one I don't mess up. He's a large man. Don't, don't <laughs> you, you mean like Beatrice? Uh, Beatrice, Nebraska. Yeah, you, you call it Beatrice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like, do good that. luck with that one. Yeah, yeah that right. One. Some of the Nebraska towns, Carney. You, you know, people say him say him wrong there. But, uh, anyways, the importance of Vince Guinta uh, returning back to Lincoln for recruiting. Obviously, he he was here under Callahan. He's left, gone around. He was at Baylor prior to here. What does it mean to have him back, and what's he doing? Yeah, it's a huge deal. So his his title is the Senior Director of Player Personnel and Recruiting, um, which is a very fancy way of saying that he runs the entire recruiting department. Like he, the, he, the buck stops with him. He is the guy that is the go between between like the recruiting department and the coaching staff slash Scott Frost. Like he is he's mm-hmm. the guy there um, in between there, and he gets to set the vision for what the rest of those guys in the recruiting department do. Um, and the reason that it was a really big deal, a few reasons. One of them, um, like. He was here with Callahan, which if if Bill Callahan did nothing else, we know that he was a great recruiter and brought a lot of talent (laughs) in, in large part because his recruiting operation was just so organized like they were they are very well known still for having a really buttoned up, well-organized attack when it came to recruiting um, high school players. And they were great at evaluation too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just couldn't coach. So then <laughs> you get, not at least in college. Hey man, I'm a Raider um, fan. I know all about Yeah, that. so sorry. So not not to bring up one of the Voldemorts of the past. Um, but then Vince goes on um, and has been around the NFL, has been in some different college spaces as well. Um, most notably and most recently Baylor, um, where they've been very very good um, under their new coaching staff with Dave Aranda taking over after Matt Rule down there. And Baylor was also known for having good evaluations, also finding kids down in Texas and then developing guys as well, um, kind of, you know, being able to find those gems down in Texas. And so bringing him back to then put his vision on what Nebraska needs to do on the recruiting trail was really important. And in talking to him, said, man, that might have been just last week, which seems like months ago now. Um, he was really impressive, but he also struck a nice vision about how Nebraska needed to kind of start from the inside out when it came to their recruiting. So not just in state, but also that 500 mile radius. I talked to him about recruiting Big Ten footprint because I always find it a little bit weird that Nebraska does not recruit the against Big Ten schools enough. So it is great and mm-hmm. I think smart to recruit those states that this coaching staff came from, Florida, Georgia, some Alabama right those states down south but what about the schools or about the states where you have rivals that they play in right so why Mm. not recruit Minnesota Illinois they do recruit Iowa uh, Wisconsin um, and all of those states you've seen started to see a little bit of an uptick with their recruiting efforts and Vince Gunter also said that that was important to them um, even though it can be difficult because there are well-established schools um, in those states already um, that Nebraska is going to play so I think there are a a lot of reasons he's a really important piece and then they aren't done um, adding guys to that recruit or people to that recruiting department either. They've got a couple mm-hmm. of positions um, that they want to still fill yet. So, Rob, maybe you could take one of those positions. I may, I don't I, know. You know, I, honestly, I, I would just be the team manager or water boy at this point. And, <laughs> and, 
you know, I'd still pay for my own tuition. Although they'd probably give me an NIL deal because of my awesome podcasting skills. Yeah, so, I would. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you're great at throwing the guys towels. I'm, I'm, yeah. I feel like apparently, speaking of, the, I, apparently though, I can't throw the bones correctly. I had like 10 seconds to take a picture, in oh. the show, and I had my arms like this instead of like this. Okay. And some some guy critiqued me on the way that I threw the bones. Yeah. Today and, on on you know, on Friday we took that tour. And we got to sit in the chair, the throne chair that like uh, Oshan sat okay, in all the so, yeah. so we got to sit in there, you know, and, and you know, we're throwing the bones. And yeah, you were we were getting critiqued on that. Husker fans will critique everything. They will critique the way the spring game is played. Was it, you know, it, okay, how about this? Let's just throw all the recruiting talk away for a second. Just spring game, just what you watched. I mean, do you take much away from it? Was it, it, it was a practice to begin with. The first half really wasn't football. And I, for me, there's no reason to get upset about it. I've seen some fans seem to be upset, but, um, but I mean, what do you, any takeaways from the game itself? Oh man, you're getting roasted about your bones. Um, yeah, I don't <laughs> I, I take aways from the game. I don't think, I don't understand why people are getting upset um, about what they saw in the spring game. Like you, you had to know coming into it that a, you knew that frost was going to be really vanilla in the schemes mm-hmm. that they ran. So you just weren't going to see a lot of the new stuff that they've been putting in. And that kind of came true. You also knew that there just wasn't going to be um, a lot of the scholar. There were, going to be a bunch of scholarship players missing out there so it was naturally Mm -hmm. going to look a little disjointed and ugly and that's what we saw right like I don't and I didn't I guess no one really knew because they didn't announce this ahead of time that they were going to be playing two-hand touch um (laughs) in the first half and that's not good I liked um Ramir Johnson's comment after the game where he said it was trash um so that (laughs) that's good that was probably the best post post game interview because all you had to do was walk up say that was trash and walk away and nobody (laughs) needed to say anything else especially for a running back man i don't like i can't imagine like yant had to be Look, like really oh my god they i want to see yant running man. some people over like right, and right. and then like and they would stop him after like three yards and i'm like that guy is the literal definition of what is it like three yards in a cloud of dust like that's you know i mean that's gonna be that's him but yeah. but the cloud at mm-hmm. the end of the cloud of dust he's gonna be 15 yards up the field like that's that's mm-hmm. how that kid was i mean what what was the average in six and a half or something or whatever yards per carry mm-hmm. in, in that game where then we benched him the second half. Or oh something. yeah. Against Purdue in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's a whole nother story there. Yeah. yeah we, can do, <laughs> we can do a whole nother pot on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, you can come on anytime. Yeah. yeah we'd love to have you back, Greg. Well, as is a tradition on the, the show, we do parting shots at the end. I'll start with uh, Rob that we're going to give uh, Greg the final parting shot. So Rob, what you got? Well, you know, I, I don't really have much. Um, I just want to thank the fine people of Nebraska for such a wonderful weekend. Everybody that I run into out there was was really, really nice, especially at our tailgate. Um, we had a DJ at our tailgate, of all things. Like, we go watching up, and there's, like, an actual DJ out there, like, bumping music, playing Husker music. Um, and it was just a really good time, really good people. Um, you know, when I, when I say things like, you know what, I love you all, I, I mean it, like, I, I can't tell you, I don't have, I never in my life as a kid growing up, what I say, man, some of the best days I've been having as an adult are in the state of Nebraska. Like I would have never thought that as a Northern California kid, but I can sincerely say that now, like every time that I ever come out to Nebraska, I just, I feel at home. I feel welcome. I feel loved. And thank you all for just kind of making my weekend one of the better weekends. It was that seven hour drive on the way home went by in about an hour. So it was, yeah. it was awesome. Well, and and one thing that maybe could tie you into the recruits there, Rob, is that if you're getting that feeling from people, just the, the feel and the vibe of what's in Lincoln, that's how important it is 
Redcasters, Husker fans to, to set that kind of tone for when recruits are here too. And like your point there, Greg, um, about, you know, the players that come here and we've heard it forever. Hey, I thought there was a cornfield right outside the, the airport. That's the importance of getting kids to Nebraska. Yeah. It, it really truly is. And we, we saw that during the COVID, uh, you know, year and a half off of where we couldn't get those kids here. It, it is just that important in Lincoln to, to get kids here so they can really see what it's like. Uh, Greg, take us out of here. Oh man, that, that stuff! I gotta follow that because that, that was very nice. <laughs> um, I don't have much. Um, I just said thank you guys uh, for having me on. Uh, man, you and Miss Bones, I'm glad you got it better. Um, <laughs> like I, I don't want to. We can't roast you on your own show, man. Um, yes, you can. Please do. That's what they do. <laughs> oh, we do it Literally, all the, time. the, the okay. one of the biggest monikers of the show is "Shut Up, Rob." So Shut up, Rob. Yeah. Shut up, Rob. I, I'm sorry. I see why. That, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but no, thank you guys on all sincerity for, for having me on. I um, also wanted to give a special shout out to the show that you guys had was that last week uh, with the Husk girls um, mm-hmm. with the round table that you had. I, I checked that out. That was really cool. There were a bunch of those ladies that I, I've interacted with on Twitter um, and they, they definitely know their stuff and like to get after us on Twitter. So uh, shout out to all of them um, that, that were on last week. Yeah. Well, Abby right there, that, that uh, when they pulled up, Abby was one of the six and, uh, nice. and that's something I'm glad you brought that up too, Greg, because that's something that we want to kind of build on and, Priscilla Joseph is somebody that, you know, Rob, we, we ran into her at the end on Saturday there, and she was going to come to the to the tailgate, but shockingly had thousands of things going on that morning too, you know, and, and you know, welcome to Nebraska, right? But we've got people like Priscilla we'd love to have on. We've we've now talked with Mike Babcock. We've talked with uh, Brandon Vogel. Now we've talked with you. We'd love to talk with Aaron Sorensen. Of course, we're That's on the Herd at Network too, too and, and yeah. we, are, we are huge Hill Varsity supporters, and Always go to hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. But uh, the other thing, and I, I've mentioned it a couple times before uh, before we end it, I, I want to keep pushing what you guys are doing on YouTube, and you've got some great video out there talking to all the recruits. You've done the recruiting question of the week. How can somebody send you uh, a question, by the way? Yeah, you, you can you can send them uh, to me on Twitter, at Greg Smith HV. Oh, HV, uh, always want to interact with you guys, the Husker fans out there. Uh, I always say that the vast majority of you guys are great. Uh, they're <laughs> jerks in every fan base. I'm a Lakers fan, so I know about jerky fan bases. Um, but by and large, Husker fans are great. You can send me the questions there, or you can just comment on those YouTube videos directly, Hill Varsity YouTube uh, channel, uh, and get after us there. We love to interact with you guys. How are the Lakers going to do in the playoffs this year? Oh, Man, all right. So Man, I, you, what a... you, you owed me one for that crack about you throwing the bones. It's I'm fine. a Warriors. I'm a Warriors fan too. Oh. I, I I've been through some lean years, so I, I you can make fun of me all you want. It's fine. You guys are just now getting used to winning, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, we won a championship in 1974, the year I was born. Coincidentally, so yeah. Well, anyways, Greg, thank you so much again, uh, and we'll definitely have you on. Again, but that, that you know, Redcasters, uh, this was a lot of fun here and hope you enjoyed it. Uh, until next time, that is a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. A Hoda Media Production.